0: Who'd get in more trouble, Frozone for getting his super suit, or a drum corps member for getting their suit? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know.
1: Super suit? Um, I I think probably the marching person, because you know Frozone can still have his powers without his suit. Right. He could just put
0: on his visor and just be good to go.
1: (laughs) You're gonna run laps if you forget your uniform.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think it'd be a little more than running laps if you forgot the whole uniform. hello everyone and welcome to the marching arts podcast your guide to all things marching and today's going to be a fun one i have a close personal friend of mine mr christian stefanos uh his a little bit of his history i met him at georgia state he was uh my first section leader at uh, at georgia state that's how i got introduced to him um he has a uh, very wide history in the marching arts uh marched with the cadets in 2012 and 2013 um as a performer uh at, at the high school level was at harrison high school um i won't date you there christian on your uh your graduation date um as an Thank educator <laughs> as an educator started at kell high school uh at the band uh marching band staff at 2012 and 2013 so at the same time marching cadets that's i bet that was a a long couple of years going back and forth between that um moved to east cowita visual caption head uh for five years 2014 to 2019 um marched or did visual design and visual caption head with southern knights drum and bugle corps from 2018 to 2021 um I did see this one, uh, uh, helped found a Drummer Bugle Corps Appalachian Sound um, in 2016, um, and is currently working with Kenai Central High School in Alaska, which is incredible, because no one ever really he- hears about anything going on in Alaska.
1: <laughs> nope. No, they don't.
2: So, uh, Christian, I appreciate the time. We're happy to have you on here. Uh, I'm very excited to go over these topics with you. And welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate being here.
0: All right, so here's my first question right off the top of my head. It says Kenai Central. Are there other Kenai high schools, or is Kenai Central the only one?
1: No, so we have where it's called the Kenai Peninsula. And okay. in our district, we have four high schools um for some reason ours is Kenai Central the other ones are not named anything Kenai so I do not understand it either but you know in the 60s maybe they had a a reasoning behind it so
2: (laughs) good to know (laughs) well hey so how so how big is the school how big's the program
1: so I actually teach at the middle school as well so my entire band program is about 130 kids between 6th to 12th grade. Uh, at the high school itself we have a, an enrollment of about 500 and i have about 60 of the kids in band okay wow. so, so, so it's actually year, so we're still you know we're still rebuilding after covid and everything and mm-hmm. we had a i replaced a 30 year teacher that retired so you know wow, always to turn over after that and couple that with covid and here we are so we're we're rebuilding but things are looking good so
0: I think yeah, well, around so that ten percent is, gr- is usually what that sweet spot around like the school population that's usually in the band program, if not the entire music program as well. Yeah.
2: So to kind of kick us off and in, into why you know we asked you to be here and to take time out of your day, um, to and also to give us a little bit of insight about yourself. Way back in the day, right? You know, because we're we're ancient now. Um you know, what got you when you were at Harrison High School, what got you into band into the marching arts in general? What convinced you to join marching band?
1: So I, and I tell this to my my middle schoolers all the time, because, you know, everybody who seems to consider quitting band after eighth grade, and I was no different. I was like, no, I'm not doing band in high school. <laughs> I'm going to do something else. No. And my parents said, you're going to do one year. And I said, fine because you know i was 13 or 14 and it just so happened that uh chester phillips who was the then assistant director at harrison came over to middle school and was giving a presentation and he told us that the marching band was going to ireland the next year and i was like well if i have to do marching band and i have to do band i might as well go to ireland too yeah. you know like oh gosh go to ireland so you know i I told my parents I would do one year and I did that first fall of marching band. And that was, that was it. You know, I wanted to do drum corps. I did all four years in high school. I went to college on a scholarship for marching band and yeah, you know, so that one, that one trip and that one, that it took that one trip and that one season of marching band for me to be hooked. And here we are now.
0: So you're like one of the many success stories where your parents are like, you have to do band. And then you're like, oh, crap, they are right. I'm going to love band. And I do love oh, band.
1: Yeah. And I, I talk to my parents, all that's like my my students' parents all the time because they're like, well, I don't want to force them. I'm like, just make them do one year in high school. Right. One year in high school band. And I promise they will either love it or they will still want to hate it. Like <laughs> either way, it's not going to hurt them to do one year in, in high school.
0: Mm.
1: So and I press that pretty hard.
2: And I think that that's an interesting perspective on that because we talked in a couple of our episodes um, just about how that turnover happens between you know middle school into high school, and a, a big make or break of that is how the high school director goes goes about you know uh, pursuing new uh, leads. I guess I mean we call the kids leads, but <laughs> um, and I think that's an interesting perspective to go there and be like, hey, make them do one. I promise it's going to, they're going to enjoy it. Right. Um, versus I just want to win. So if they come, I don't care.
1: <laughs> right. Um, and I get the, I get the, some days it's a luxury and some days it's a curse, but I have my kids for seven years. You know, I'm the only teacher that they get for all seven years. And, you know, some of the kids, again, I'm only in my second year, but you know, you can, I hear it from the, the past seniors that have graduated and some of the upperclassmen at the high school that are just, they're burnt out because they don't get the differentiation of a director change, right? you know, from middle school to high school. But I also get to control 6th through 12th grade curriculum and kind of feed my own high school band. So I get to figure out the ways to convince them to stay, whether it be <laughs> flashing light dance parties in 6th grade to hook them through middle school or, you know, trips <laughs> to high school. But
2: Right it, and that's that's super I you know we talked a lot about high school high school high school right we we kind of harp on that but I I think this is the first time we've really run into the someone who is in the process all seven years kind of gets to be your own salesman
1: yeah <laughs> your... and let me tell you before this job I was, you can ask anybody any of our mutual friends Harrison just I was one hundred percent against teaching middle school, and now that I'm in this situation, I I understand more the the power that middle school band directors have. So,
2: absolutely, it, I took it for granted, <laughs> <laughs> and but it, now it's like it's like uh, when the parents say they don't want kids have a kid, and they're like, now I want twelve. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so with that though, we we kind of you know. Being in high school, being you know, super involved, you know, you got hooked really early, got into um, you know, marching band at the same time, pretty much the rest of us did, um, and got went head first into it, um, just and and at multiple levels, right? We talk a lot about um, our backgrounds and just our our favorite things from when we were in um, in the art. <laughs> um and we talk about friday night lights or saturday night lights and and having it be game time or or sometimes people's favorite part is getting in with the uniform and 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 just really being there with their friends and in that that more or less of a family they develop in that marching band are those some of the same things you felt or what some what are some of your favorite things from being a performer that you miss or wish you got more of you know,
1: it definitely, I was one of those people that always loved putting on the uniform and that was one of my favorite parts, especially when I marched cadets, you know, because we had such a traditional, you know, this was before the costumes changed and everything. So we wore the traditionals and it was, you know, it it was a genuinely powerful thing that I looked forward to every day in drum corps, but even before then in high school, you know. Uh, my director marched cadets, and so he he preached kind of the same things that I ended up hearing when I got to cadets, but, you know, putting on the super suit and all that kind of stuff. And and it really was. It was, you know, you got into your uniform and it, you just kind of took that headspace of it's time to do business. And I loved doing business on the field, you know, yeah. getting to march, getting to, you know, blow your brains out as a brass brass player, <laughs> you know. So those were the – those were – the fun things that I look forward to and you know obviously yeah you make friends and you get to do the bus rides and I loved trips like nobody's business go- getting to go to you know different states and stuff on a bus was was pretty awesome and yeah so those Man, are kind of the things
0: you saying super suit made me think like who'd get in more trouble frozone for getting his super suit or a drum corps member for getting their suit oh
2: <laughs> I don't know super suit <laughs>
1: Uh, I, would say I think probably the marching person because you know Frozone can still have his powers without his suit, right? He could just right.
0: put on his visor and just be good to go. You're gonna run laps <laughs> if you
2: forget your uniform. <laughs> I think it'd be a little more than running laps right. if you forgot the whole uniform. Sure. <laughs> Christians C- and curses over there, like, oh
1: god, I hope none of my kids forget. <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, they I, I handle transportating, uh, transportation of the uniforms for that okay. very reason.
2: <laughs> no no frozone cases here um when 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 you're teaching a program right or teaching a program I mean, yeah teaching a program one of the main things that makes marching band or marching art what it is is the drill right making sure stuff looks clean on the field whether it's a park and blow or you're on the move right and and We've talked about how putting all the pieces together before really makes the art special in, in, in the fact that you have one expression coming from the music and it's accented by drill. Or it's you have accent coming from the drill, but all the expression comes in the body language from guard or, you know, things like that. But in your opinion, as as someone who has written drill and teaches it very often... Why is drill so important to the marching band and and a marching show?
1: So I'll, I'll come at this from both sides. You know, as somebody who taught, you know, taught visual for a long time and still teach visual just at my own program now, um, and then as somebody who's written drill for a decade. You know, I I have worked with some programs that you know drills kind of uh, a second thought because they really want to focus on the music or you know they don't really they don't really care what happens on the field as long as it looks good and it sounds good but you know something that you you realize when you you know watch kind of the upper tier programs is just how much it adds to have you know good drill written and you know it and it takes all all of the parties you know it, it's not just On the drill writer which a lot of people and and i will say this as nicely as possible uh, (laughs) there are some band directors that are just kind of like here's the music go right you know there are probably drill writers that can just create out whatever just off of a score but you know when you have your band director and your color guard director and your percussion director if you have a visual person and you have them all talking you can create a much better product than if you just say here you go and here's the numbers um so yeah, yeah. so it's super important to have that communication across everybody not just one person doing the communicating or you know leaving it up to chance
2: yeah, and and one thing uh, I've definitely noticed, you know, and you can tell when that communi- when that communication's not there cuz when a rehearsal is run, and we'll talk a little bit about this later when a rehearsal's run and and people are not on the same page, that that rehearsal is a train wreck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or or it, it, it or to the kids that are new like to the freshmen, they may not think it's a train wreck, but for the people that know and 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 can see that that communication's not there, it, i mean that, that is so hard to pull pull back in reel it in and come back to as a you need a kumbaya moment yeah <laughs> we we got we got to get this together um and sometimes it's really really hard to get that and we talked about uh technicians in the last episode um and tech can can be just as much of a problem of that um as well if the tech if the tech just thinks they're in charge you know like ah oh, i'm going to you know um i want them to sound this way um kind of a tech that can develop a problem people gotta really get together and think about what's best for this program and this band so we can make this happen um and so i think that's a really good point you have to have the uh communication there between all levels and across the board and into the leadership of the 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 band um i sort of wish
0: like that there was sort of almost like a competition where maybe like there was an adjudication of this one song or like one marching band show and then all the drill writers just all submitted their own ideas for the show and like we could see people like how people interpret it differently or we could even see like please submit intentionally bad designs because we're also getting like award for the best worst show because i also feel like (laughs) If you don't take what the music is doing, like all the accents and all of like the, the legatos and the scottos, and like, you're not putting that in with the movements it you're right. It can look very disjointed. So I think like Mm -hmm. people who are more so visual learners and like audio learners who like, can't understand what we're saying orally. I think that would be a cool idea.
1: Yeah. I know, I know pyware, I don't know if they still do it or if it was just like a COVID year thing or what, but they, they will periodically do like Uh, where you can sign up for their competition and they'll send you the music and you can just write whatever you want and people will judge it. And it's, it's kind of a cool little contest, but
0: something new. I learned
2: today
1: a little contest for, for that. You know, I like having communication.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, and I mean, having that again, I mean, you can't have effective drill or, or effective rehearsal. If you're not communicating with, with, with the staff if if you guys aren't talking to each other you're not going to have an effective show it, right. i mean that's the bottom line
1: right like one uh, of the one of the best band directors i worked for when back when i was just teaching visual and stuff was he every single rehearsal he sent out a you know we're going to do this time to this time rehearsal schedule and you know sometimes we left it sometimes we didn't but then in the design side of things he asked for our input, even, you know, I w- even just the texts, he would be like, if you have an idea or you have something you want to try, come talk to us and let's, let's figure it out. It wasn't just a, you know, just one way communication in that point. It was everybody communicated.
2: Oh, so is there a point where you can over communicate those?
1: Uh, it depends. I mean, if you're, if you're te- like, as a band director, if you're telling the staff, Hey, if you have an idea, come talk to me. I mean, I don't think listening to any idea is going to be over-communicated, but, you know, they're probably, you know, if it's October and the last contest is in a week and you're like, I want to change this whole thing, let's do it, that's, you know, probably
0: not. (laughs) I can also feel like sometimes there might be people who might be too much of a control freak and might tell you, okay, do all of this. And you're like, okay, I thought you wanted to trust me that I would get your vision across, but not so- right. like, why don't you just write the show yourself if you're going to micromanage me that hard? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I will say like drill perspective, I, I honestly kind of prefer, I mean, I won't say I prefer, let me, how, how do I word this? I don't mind band directors that send me all the things they want right does that make sense yeah like if they want if they have 10 moments that they want in this movement cool send them but send me like give me some freedom like don't write every single page you want this shape or these people here or whatever like you got to trust me at that point because if if you're just giving me every single page you want or every eight measures or eight counts or whatever it is at that point I'm basically right. just transcribing what you see in your brain and you should just buy Pyware and write it yourself.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say at that point you might as well just put it together yourself. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. like when somebody's like, I have an idea for an app and I want you to make the app for me, but also I'm not a an engineer, but I'm gonna tell you how to do your job.
2: It's the, it's the, uh, uh, what, uh, what did we say about, uh, DCI the other day since, since we're not in it anymore. So what your armchair your arm, chair, your arm chair and drill writing, right. <laughs> I could have done that better. Well, so
0: <laughs> speaking of all the challenges then about writing drill, can you just tell us like how hard it is to become that creative person? Cause I sort of equate writing drill to just making art, whether it be painting, are writing music because like you are literally creating something out of nothing
1: <laughs> so for me sometimes you know i have i have a lot of good ideas in my head but sometimes they don't come to fruition because i can't figure out how to make it happen mm-hmm. on the computer and it like that's where the blessing and the curse of getting the technology has come you know versus writing by hand is just if you wanted a form you could just write it by hand and then obviously clean it up but in pyware even using like the freehand stuff I sometimes I can't get exactly what I want and it's frustrating and I have mm. to just change it and move on right but uh I would say for me that's probably the biggest thing is just trying to figure out how to transfer what's in my head onto the the computer um other than that it's you know everything on pyware you it shows you where they're going to march it shows you who's going to run into each other if they're going to run into each other but
0: Okay, yeah. so um, here's like another segue into that. I'm sure you've heard this a lot. Um, woodwinds. Uh, I know a lot of people are like, why do you put woodwinds <laughs> in the back when you're writing drill?
1: I tend to stay away from that. Uh, oh, I wrote okay. I wrote an opener for Georgia State or not an opener, but uh, no, yeah, it was an opener. A few years ago, wrote an opener for their show that had to be tied into the next three movements and uh, you know, I had the luxury there of blaming the fact that the woodwinds are in the back on the other person Uh, so it was like one of the only times i'll put them in the back because they're they're literally half the volume of the brass if you put the brass 12 steps behind the hash you're still going to hear them if you put a flute 12 steps behind the hash and the brass is in front of them you're not going to hear the flute
0: right
2: we had we 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 joke all the time we had a director um that's in Michigan now right He's dr harris is in michigan now um really? i think so i don't know but he he never cuz cause cause when at our program it was like the assistant director would also write the drill um and never not one time <laughs> actually i think one time um did the woodwinds even pass the front hash <laughs> He just kept them in the back. He's like, oh, you're not going to hear them anyway. So huh? I'm just going to make everything brass. <laughs> so it's, I guess that's one way to do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you don't care about the, the woodwind sound, then okay. <laughs> but if you care about hearing the color of woodwinds, then do not put them in the back of the field.
0: Meanwhile, DCI drill writers out. are like, oh, what, what are woodwinds?
1: <laughs> well, you know, with, with amplification now, you can put them wherever. So. Right.
2: Yeah, fair enough. I think another hard part about writing drill is not necessarily, you know, as you brought up, putting the ideas out of your head into a program, but also sometimes it's the director getting the ideas out of the director. dragging, You have to like pull teeth to get them to tell you what you want, rather than just saying, "Hey, it's this many counts." Here's the music, like you said. Um, and uh, if if somebody's gonna be like expecting you to write drill for them and they don't give you anything for it i can imagine that that is incredibly frustrating (laughs) and and difficult at the same time because you have to again back to the whole communication thing if they don't communicate with you it's like what what the hell do you want me to do
1: (laughs) yeah i'll say it's especially frustrating not so much up front when they don't tell you anything but when they get mad at you for not doing something (laughs) Like I've had a I've had a couple that I've a couple directors I've designed for that gave me nothing. Like not even what what their color guard's gonna be doing. And, you know, I I can remember one time I had the color guard on flags, wrote all the drill, put them all, you know, where I thought they would look good for flags, and then get told, Oh, well, they're gonna be on rifle here. I'm like, well, sorry. <laughs> your rifle feature is gonna be a flag feature. So
0: <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> I think it's just a life lesson is like when you enter a partnership, put in as much work as the other person's gonna put in.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's like, I don't mind the directors that, you know, they they don't give you anything. I write something and they just roll with it. Like that's that's totally fine. That's the, you, you know, you some people aren't creative. Some people, you know, just wanna choose music and let the people they pay money to Run free, and that's totally cool. But don't get mad at your drill writer if they don't do what you want.
2: Yeah, words of wisdom. <laughs> I don't know uh, about
1: wisdom; it's words of <laughs> words of, frustration.
2: of of words of. Uh, this is a fact. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, so um, going off the script yeah. a little get a bit. Um, I guess just like, how does anybody get into drill writing in the first place?
2: Yeah, interest.
1: <laughs> yeah, so i and it's so funny because i found an old hard drive like two weeks ago that had my first drill on it so like i've always been fascinated with drill and like that was one of the reasons i chose the cadets when i when i was choosing where to march dci and i loved the drill and i loved how fast they moved and everything um so i've always i've always loved the idea of writing the drill so when i aged out i started writing um and that stuff was bad like I sent some of that stuff to high, like high up drill writers thinking, like asking for advice Mm -hmm. and looking back now, I'm like, oh God, why did I send that to them?
2: Well, we all gotta start uh, somewhere. What was I doing? it was
1: so bad looking back on it now, I should not have done that. I should have just asked them for advice before I started writing, Mm -hmm. instead of sending them things asking for advice.
2: (laughs) They probably saw it and went, huh? (laughs) Well,
1: i remember i i'm not gonna drop who it was but he's he's a probably one of the most well-known drill writers in you know in the activity and i was like this is bad but i'm starting tell me what you think and it was like three pages of just bullet points what i like what the hell were you thinking why did you do this do this instead and you know i even even after that you know i've still I've still made mistakes in writing, and I still learn and get better every time, every year, because you know it, it's it's not something you ever just perfect. It's it's something right. that you have to consciously, you know, continue to improve. And I've had my fair share of upset band directors that I did not write my best stuff for, and you know, learned from it and didn't do some things again mm. because, you know, a hard thing. F- as somebody who loves watching drum corps drill and stuff like that is is transferring you know or having to realize that high school marching band kids aren't the same thing you know right so like you can't have kids jazz run constantly while they're playing
0: i thought that think, i ever like, did
1: that i just you know
0: <laughs> i started give kudos to that guy that you sent the drill though because i feel like lots of people would have been like no that was just bad and then like not give you anything else but the fact that he gave you three pages worth of notes meant he was like oh, this kid actually cares. And like, I, I want to help see him get better. But um, I guess my last question on this topic then is like, how did you get that first step into like getting either a contract or getting the opportunity to write drill for somebody professionally?
1: So I was very fortunate that a friend of mine at Georgia State when we were in college and undergrad um, was a color guard director. And she reached out and we set up a time to kind of go over things and with the band director and he took a chance on me and i wrote drill for three or four years for them and it you know it was a time where i learned a lot and failed a lot and got better and you know if if without that that band director and my color guard friend taking a chance on me you know i probably wouldn't be writing now so
2: And that's a big part of something else we talked about too, is that whole networking networking, aspect to get anywhere and anywhere in, in the band world. It's like it's, it's and and you brought up actually brought up two things. So one is the networking because it's who, you know, a a lot of times when you get started, sure. If you have a degree from a a prestigious school that could help you a little bit, but still people have to know who you are before they're going to hire you to, to run their kids. Um, and then the the second point, um, you know, talking about the networking. That first pathway, that first gig you get, can make or break the first. I'd probably say five, four or five years of of especially in this field. If you really screw it up, <laughs> like yeah. royally, that first time, because then they're not going to refer you to somebody else. They're not going to ask you to come back. You, I mean then you have to fire it all over again from, from square one. So that's really important that I'm glad you brought that up because it's it, it's it's a tough world out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will say I don't, outside of my current position, because, you know, other side of the continent, nobody knew me. So the, I, I got my job in Alaska, you know, just by interviewing and everything. But any drill gig or, you know, teaching gig down here, marching arts especially has all been from other people you know referring me and and i cannot stress enough that having that network is is huge especially in the marching arts game um Mm -hmm. you know it's not it's not like where you just apply and then you interview and they call your references and you either get hired or not like pretty much every staff in dci most high school staffs etc are all about who you know and making sure you have the right contacts and everything.
2: Absolutely. To get us kind of back on track a little bit, since we kind of went down that a little bit of a rabbit hole, but it was a good one. Good rabbit hole. Um, when we talked about how hard it is to write drill and how hard it is to, to paint the picture in somebody else's brain when they haven't even told you what the picture is yet. Um, or what the subject matter is. Um, when drill finally hits the field and a band is, is trying to learn it, um, how crucial to that band is, is having well-planned pacing? Insanely crucial.
1: So it go like, like I told you with the, you know, receiving a thought, well thought out schedule every single day. Um, that's not the norm. Um, and Instantly, like when I, when I moved from that program to a program that didn't do that, it was like an instantaneous, whoa, this is not as smooth. Um, because, you know, you're just kind of, it can bog down. If you don't know what's happening and you don't know how much time is allotted or anything, things can bog down so much. And especially with high school age kids where their brains are like focused on something for eight seconds. If you bog down in a rehearsal, it's gonna, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna go well, and
2: and and with that too, it it varies as well per program, um because and what I mean by that is is you'll have you know you got your B O A programs, you got your D C I program, you have your non compete, you have your H B C U program, right? They all move at different pacing, they move at different speeds. So I wanted to because you and I come from a uh, our backgrounds are are really competitive <laughs> um and James I think yours was also semi-competitive, competitive but, yeah, semi-competitive. but you also had periods where you were not how was right. pacing for that for you because because for us I think Christian and I can can agree for us it pacing was always pretty quick um, um when we were learning drill and learning music and things like that but yeah, so, um, what's your insight
0: Christian I guess I'm gonna blow your mind right now um when I was at Roswell High School like the band director was outgoing as i was entering as a eighth grade to ninth grader and he was one of those band directors like i don't care who joins my program we just want to be as good as we possibly can so like if you want to join great if you don't who cares um i'll just make you as good as i can if you do want to join but he left and we got a band director who hadn't directed any band programs since the 70s or 80s um and so when he came in practice was much more relaxed and we were now learning drill off of drill charts instead of dots and mind you this is in 2009 um so just like the older the seniors juniors sophomores were like whoa this is way different and you know we're not using dot books anymore we're literally using drill charts and you got to like highlight your x and then you got to like look on the next page and then like it didn't really even have instructions for like your steps it would just be like you have 12 counts to get there um and so i think that pacing was a big struggle but we got through it um especially us freshmen we're just like i guess we're just going with the flow with this and then he left two years after so i became a junior and then our new band director was like okay i'm gonna bring this program back to where it used to be And so he brought dot books back. He hired people to, or he hired a company, I guess, um, to write the drill and write the music. And so like, that was on a much more competitive level, not like BOA or anything, but like competitive for Fulton County. Um, so that was a huge struggle because like I told Harrison in a previous episode, we learned that first year we were learning the drill for like the first movement. We got through three sets in like a 12 hour day (laughs) and as you can imagine as a high schooler like you just said we have eight seconds of attention spans but like just having to learn three three whole movements in a drill was just awful and it wasn't like the the drill was just bad or anything it was just we had so many new people we had so many people getting used to the more competitive style but it was like we want to be more professional and more like not maybe not quicker, but more retentive about what we're learning. But it would just go so slowly that, um, we would literally do the eight counts or 12 counts or whatever it was for that movement. Some people would miss their dots and we'd have to go back and, you know, fix their dots and then the director would be like, all right, let's go back. And then some people would forget where they were supposed to go back to. (laughs) So then we had to fix that and then we would have to go back to the next set, but then more people had forgotten that one. So it was just a, a cycle of hell, essentially
1: yeah that's that's currently you know like harrison said like we have you know kind of a a highly competitive background and where i teach now is not that it is the complete (laughs) opposite like what you're saying i would take that any day of the week with my current band you know i march 7th through 12th graders Mm -hmm. uh outside of my band last year none of them have ever done marching band Half of them had never heard of marching band.
0: That's right. And
1: it is low. Yeah. (laughs) And my my competitive brain is like, all right, come on. Please, please figure it out. (laughs) We gotta go. (laughs) But you have you know, you have to lay that foundation and that's crazy that you you know, you had to switch like
0: Technically through directors, yeah. Because like our eighth grade night was run by the old director and was like, All right, this is our program, this is how we roll. And then you show up to bank or like pre-bank camp and you're like whoa everything is much more laid surprise! back than we were told you know <laughs> yeah, Surpri- <but> it-
2: surprise <laughs> no woodwinds <laughs> oh yeah. man i think another part to this that we need to talk about because we can talk about pacing all day i think that's a a, a a really important topic to marching band and, and, and the marching arts, because it really drives the program, right? If you have a non-competitive program, like you said, you could learn three pages in 12 hours and, you know, move on to the next day and okay. Um, But then when you have a competitive high school, you're learning like 10 to 12 or, or, and then, then you've got DCI where you should have already had 10 to 12 before you got here. (laughs) Um, I haven't even given you the sheet yet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, uh one thing i think that drive this a lot i i know i, I wrote it in here as the question but i'm already just going to offer my opinion to it anyway <laughs> is uh, uh having proper rehearsal etiquette is a really big player into how well your pacing is going to work because if. Because if you've got bad rehearsal etiquette people talking when they're not supposed to i i, I remember when i it, you know going making that transition from north Cobb to uh, uh georgia state um i had that problem because i know you got out of me a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> um because i i still an extrovert today except now i've, I've just mellowed out but um that I mean, that's a big deal. If people are, are are talking when they're not supposed to. When somebody's trying to give an instruction and people can't hear, especially if you're in a program that doesn't have uh, megaphones, and people are legitimately just having to yell. I mean, it makes it incredibly difficult. Stay in your spot, please. <laughs> but to you guys, what I mean in regards to rehearsal etiquette, I mean, how in your eyes does that assist pacing? I think it's huge.
1: You know, I. I have always been the, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty talkative person. And, you know, when I was in college, yeah, I got on you, but I was probably also talking, so, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's huge. Like, when, in, you know, you said, you mentioned staying in your spot and, like, not moving around. Like, I never thought about how important that was until I started teaching from a box, you know, teaching from up top. Because one person moves and it blows everything up. And if your whole goal is to clean your drill and one person, I, I used to, when I first started at East Coweta, like half the band would stand with what I called sassy legs. And it's where they'd have one foot flat on the ground and the other one, they'd have their heel up. So their knee was bent and it looked real sassy. And even just that, like, I would, I remember I'd be like, just put your foot down so we can see it and move on. Like, just stand there. It's, 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 I get it. You're standing there, but the quicker you put your foot down, the quicker we're going to be able to see and make sure everything's, you know, in the right spot and and move forward.
0: Man, it must feel and, like when you're, like, at the eye doctor and, like, they're telling you one or two when it's never just that clear picture. I imagine it feels like that when you're trying to set drill.
1: Yeah, I mean, because, you know, our job, especially as a visual person, your job is to make the pictures as clean as, pro- as possible. And I'm a very, like... It has to be as close to perfect as possible for me, especially, like, curves and stuff. I, I I pride myself on my eye to see whether a curve is, you know, a curve or if there's people poking out or not. Right. And so I would get, in, especially in my early days of cleaning drill, like, I would harp on that. Like, I'd be like, okay, these people are not in, like, even close. These people are semi-close. Everybody just check your dot. Let's do it again. And, you know, I kind of started relaxing a little bit but you know that's something that still is uh it's hard it's hard for me to move on so it's like i i'm never a jerk about it but i always am like please just stand there and we will move on i promise i'll give you a sh- a stretch break or a shake it out break as soon as we get done with this
2: yeah <laughs> and i think an- another part of that is uh and um, with regards to rehearsal etiquette um is making sure you know as especially as a as a director to to be aware that your leadership team is is showing off what you're wanting the rest of the band to do um, one of my my things is as as you know when i'm when i'm teaching or 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 being in front of a group of people if you give 150% to something you'll receive about 65 to 70 back so the more people you can get in front of others to give that 150%, the more likely you're gonna actually get the 60 to 75% back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think having a leadership team that, you know, that, that shows off what you want, that's working hard, showing everybody else what it is, makes a, a world of difference. Um, so I think it starts there. Um, but as far as, since we're still kind of on the topic of pacing, um, and and you know, rehearsal etiquette. For your guy, for your specific program, I mean, you you basically, you said you're rebuilding it. um you know, how what is a, a typical marching rehearsal look like for you as far as the structure goes?
1: So <clears throat> like I said, I march seventh through twelfth graders, So I have to, you know, like when you're studying music ed and stuff, they talk or any education really, they talk about differentiated instruction. And it's huge for me. Like I can't deliver something the same way to the whole band because my 12th graders are going to get it a lot differently than my seventh graders. And faster. Um, <laughs> and faster. Yeah. It's going to take me repeating it 12 times to the seventh grader for them to, you know, think about it a little bit. Um, so basically it's so like a normal marching rehearsal. Um, we'll start with a stretch. I, I do not understand directors or marching band directors or any anybody that teaches marching band that does not start with a stretch. Um I I I don't get that. Um so always start with a stretch. You know, I usually will have somebody on my leadership team or, you know, somebody I trust leading that because I don't want to do it. <laughs> but uh so I'll have somebody do it, they'll lead a stretch. Then we usually do like some sort of uh you know moving warm up to kind of get their bodies going a little bit. Um, Depending on the day, we'll either warm up first or we'll do some basics first. Um, I will hit basics every single day. It's something I will argue till the end of time, whether I'm a band director or visual caption it or whatever, I will always argue for basics every day Um, because you do your music fundamentals every day. Why not do your marching fundamentals every day? Um, Then we'll, you know, we'll move into, you know, either music block or, or like music, work on music, or we'll just go straight to drill, uh, depending on what my you know, goal is for that day. Like sometimes last year, we it was only drill days because none of my kids had ever read drill charts before or, or read you know coordinate sheets or anything. So that was a huge learning curve for them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a staff. So a lot of my teaching is on the field. Um, so it's nice when I get to go up in the box and actually see what they're doing. But uh yeah, I spend a lot of time one on one with them because again, my twelfth graders are gonna understand it, but my seventh and eighth graders might not.
2: So No, I think I think that's a um solid structure. I mean it's 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 drill heavy, but you're a drill guy, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well
1: we do we do most of our music like I don't I don't do any music that's hard. Like we I don't have a budget, so I have to I can't afford to, you know, I either have to do it myself, like arrange it myself or um, beg a friend to do it for me for some uh, adult beverages or something. And, uh, or I just buy stock tunes. Um, And that's what I've found. Like, you know, with a band of 35 to 40, just buying stock tunes is a little bit easier, um, especially when you don't have a budget. So our music is fairly simple and they usually learn it pretty well. So, you know, i'll usually if if we have three days a week for the rehearsals, two days will be or one day will be drill heavy, one day will be music heavy, and then the third day will be everything kind of combined.
2: So with that said and and you know we've we've talked a lot, you know about the importance of drill, why it's important, how you know how do you make it happen? Um, what's the background, you know, and you're again, and and James, I'll ask I'll ask you too, and to both of you guys, how does all of that fit together to in to make a band, a marching band, right? Because, sure, you can say, well, it's drill and, and music and individuals. There's your band, <laughs> but it's more to it than that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if if you're just standing still, it you're either i mean you might sound great but people go to see a marching band right like it you can stand in arcs you can stand in a block whatever that's great like there's there's bands that do that that's what they can do and cool but it's so much more exciting and enticing when you have the pictures you know i i know it's like it's huge in college obviously like if you're if you're doing like a pixar show you're gonna spell out pixar or right you know we did we did the Georgia on my mind show and we made the state of Georgia like there's going to be pictures and a lot of like competitive bands don't do actual pictures anymore it's more abstract but like i will sn- at least sneak one picture that ties into the the show theme you know and i'll try to do like i wrote a batman show like 10 years ago and i did as many batman symbols as i possibly could from You know, like, the music at the opener was the, like, the 1980s Batman. And so I drew out the 1980s Batman symbol. And then when it got to the closer, it was the, uh, you know, the Dark Knight stuff. So I drew out out the Dark Knight Batman symbol. And it's just, like, it's something that kind of pleases the crowd. Because if your crowd is bored, then why are you there, you know? So the abstract stuff is cool, but, you know, if you're doing a Friday night football band maybe the football crowd doesn't care about you know curvilinear forms they want to see a football on the field yeah. for your your school name
0: um i guess for Can't me it's what just doing. uh know your program and know where they're at because um again drill isn't just the moving of the bodies it's also like the visuals included in the the, the marching as well so like the the quicker you can learn uh, the drill, like where you are on the field, the more you can add in all those extra little elements, like the horn flashes, the body movements, even including like the the marching band members dancing instead of just the guard dancing. Um, so gosh, i'm I'm drawing blanks again today, Harrison. Um, <laughs> just like, just know your program as well as you can just so that you know the culture and if you're trying to change the culture, try to make it gradual instead of like an abrupt change um and then just always take input from your staff and your leadership on what's going well and what isn't going well
1: and, and input from your kids too
2: yeah absolutely it's it, the marching arts is not a uh is is not a one path fits all uh uh industry <laughs> um so Christian we're we're going to start kind of wrapping up here in just in in just a minute so back back towards uh you specifically here um, you are probably one of the more busy people that i know <laughs> um so what for you what what are you working on now
1: so outside of my like like we i I'm teaching a band camp next week, so I'm back in Georgia now. I'm teaching a band camp next week. then I fly back to Alaska and I teach my band camp before school starts um so I'm, leg. Like, yeah, well. Yeah, (laughs) at least (laughs) for direct flight this time. So, but uh, yeah, so I'm currently working on stuff for my my school band. um, And then I have five clients that I'm working on for drill, including my own. Um, So, you know, I kind of, I'll write a movement at a time um, and just kind of pace myself out with that. So, yeah, drill, prepping for school, that's about it.
2: And some more drill.
1: <laughs> and some more drill. All right, I'll probably so... be writing drill until October. So Before our
0: last question, I did have, like, a, I guess just something you probably always get asked, but is, like, football the same amount of time as it is down here in Alaska? And is it as cold as they say it is? And is it as dark as they say it is?
1: Uh, So we currently get... So the sun will go down about three o'clock in the morning and it's back up about six. So, but by the time football season happens, it's about, you know, about 10 hours. Hold on. Let me make sure my math is right. The sun will go down about 10 and then it'll be back up about five. Okay. So it, our season goes from August till I think, playoffs are like mid October like October 15th something like that um we play all of our games on Saturdays because our our football fields don't have lights oh. so you know in the off chance that the the sun decides to go down quicker than you know history um <laughs> we play our games on Saturdays and yeah usually it's like still in about the 60s or 50s when football season's over
2: oh that's so. good to know <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's that's nice weather.
1: <laughs> yeah. It is quite
2: nice. <laughs> um so as as we as we get on the way out here, last thing that we'll will uh, have you leave with us here, um if you don't mind <laughs> what for you and, and we'll keep it PG on this one, is your most embarrassing band memory.
1: <laughs> oh, or God. one
2: of one. Or one of them.
1: Okay. Well, Oh Lord, I don't know if I want to say this out loud, but
2: (laughs) depends on if you want your kids to hear it.
1: (laughs) Well, when I taught it, when I taught at East Coweta, there was like a few years in there where the the low brass, who like I'm a low brass person, obviously, and so I would get a little bit closer with them because I would teach them music too. Um, they would go in and they would find my senior year marching band show, and my senior year marching band show was a show about me and it is it is the most embarrassing thing ever because there the props were pictures of me wow. and as flattering as you might think a show being about you is it's not it's very uh embarrassing and so like those kids would find it and they would show the younger kids every year and thankfully it's it incredible, was incredible
0: who who came up with that idea and was it like a contest to see who was chosen
1: uh so the the source material called for a trombone and i just happened to be the principal trombone that year so okay i got stuck with it which you know yippee a show about me that's kind of cool who gets to say that but at the same time it's it's embarrassing right
0: (laughs) all right well uh, i
1: won't won't say what show it is because i don't want anybody to look for it yeah yeah so (laughs)
0: Well, um, thank you so much for being with you today, Christian. I think we've learned a lot about drill writing and just running rehearsals in general. So um, thank you again for being here. It has been yeah, quite the welcome. delight. Uh, well, uh, this has been the Marching Arts Podcast with Harrison and James, myself. And uh, thank you again, Christian, for coming on. Uh, if you haven't been following us on our socials already, you can find us at the Marching Arts Pod. That's P-O-D, anywhere on online, essentially. Um, but thanks again for listening. This has been your guide to marching. Thank you.